welcome to the Heal Trauma Bonding Show, the place for relationship empowerment and actionable tools so you can let go of old wounds and create a happy, loving relationship. Whether you're single, married, divorced, or anything in between, set yourself up for relationship success. I'm Dr. Sarah, expert clinical psychologist and consultant, helping business leaders and entrepreneurs to feel more connected and whole. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Today, we are going to be talking about the core issue that I would say is probably fundamental to any relationship that you have. Whether you're struggling in a current relationship and you're trying really hard to make it work, or whether you're single, you're divorced, you're separated, and you're looking forward to your future relationship and you want that to grow into something healthy, nourishing, fulfilling and loving and that core issue is this if you've got inner wounds that exist it doesn't really matter what stage you are in terms of your relationship because problems will a hundred percent re-emerge whether it's this relationship whether it's a future relationship so what do I really mean by this well something that I've been saying to my clients and I've probably been saying this for the past 10 years minimum is that when we're experiencing a pain inside of us and that pain is with respect to how it is that we feel about ourselves with respect to our self-worth our confidence if we have that inner voice that tells us that we're not enough whether we have that sense that we have to constantly prove ourselves constantly achieve constantly work or we have to make sure that everybody else around us is happy and content for us to feel happy and content. If we have any element of any of those voices occurring inside of us, they will absolutely emerge in intimate relationships. And it's funny because intimate relationships, romantic relationships, that is when all of our wounds, all of our hidden vulnerabilities emerge and they get magnified in our romantic relationships and they get magnified for multitude of reasons partly it's to do with the fact that when you're in a romantic relationship there's a level of exposure there's a level of vulnerability and you're opening yourself to this person but also there's a high level of investment in this person and so when you're investing higher in this individual there's also an anticipation that they see you for who you really are but if what you believe who you really are is a bit skewed and it's skewed because of past traumas past emotional injuries subconscious beliefs that have been programmed in a in an unhealthy and incorrect way then it becomes really hard to start building a healthy relationship or to continue with a healthy relationship so i've mentioned quite a few different domains there and i really want to break it down in terms of what's actually going on here and how do you really set yourself up for relationship success it really starts with yourself now relationships in themselves can be healing there is the possibility of a relationship to be healing and to be supportive of us however if we're in a state where we are really wounded and our subconscious mind is wounded, then it becomes very difficult for a relationship to be healing because actually what happens is that we're constantly trying to resolve that inner wound in any relationship that we see. So I'll talk you through this subconscious phenomenon that occurs, and it occurs in romantic relationships. All romantic relationships 
are ultimately mirroring something that we are trying to seek to resolve inside of us. This is so true and it occurs in such magnificent and weird and wonderful ways and ways that we wouldn't necessarily anticipate. If I was to just backtrack this and start from basics, so our behaviours are governed 95% of the time by our subconscious mind. So what that means is, is that most of the time we don't really realise what's going on, what we're actually doing in a relationship or our choice and partner. We don't consciously think about these things. But what happens is that the subconscious mind is always in operation and it's kind of like an iceberg. So we're only conscious of a tiny little bit of what is going on now in our relationship, as well as past experiences of relationships, things that might have hurt us, things that we want, things that we like. But that's only the tip of the iceberg. That's actually only 5%. The 95% is the depth under the water of the iceberg. That bulk is our subconscious. And as you know, with an iceberg, the bulk is the thing that carries most weight, right? The thing that's under the surface. And that's our subconscious mind. So, Our subconscious mind really gets set in terms of its programming by the age of around about seven. And so what that means is that we learn a heck of a lot from our relationships with our parents in terms of how they treated us directly. But also we learn a lot about what relationships should look like based on how it is that we observe our parents interacting, how we see them resolving arguments, how we see them showing affection and love to each other, how we see them holding standards to each other, holding boundaries with each other, and how it is if we grew up in a household where potentially our parents separated, how it is that they interacted beyond that separation and also future partners that they may have had. So we learn a lot through observation. And as a child, we don't know very much about the world, right? We observe and we try to fill in the gaps where we can with our innocent mind as a child. But the problem is, is that sometimes when we're filling in the gaps, we fill it in with inaccurate information, or we fill it in with what we know at the time, but we only know a little bit. We don't actually have our whole being now compared with you being an adult self. And the reason why we always experience difficult relationships or problems within our relationships is because actually we've got our wounded inner child. We've got that seven-year-old playing out in all of our current adulthood relationships. And even though this might seem a bit bizarre when I talk about it, because I'm sat here thinking, oh, but you're in your 40s, you're in your 50s, you're in whatever stage of life you're in. And you are operating with the programming that you developed as a child. And so how often do you update your internal programming? I'm I'm not entirely sure. Maybe a lot, maybe not so much. I would advise that it's important for us to update our programming, like you update the programming on your computer, you would update the programming of your mind, because otherwise you are operating as if you are a child or in that child state. And, and with misinformation, with inaccurate information. And what happens is that all this inaccurate information then forms wounds inside of us. And those wounds 
are looking to be resolved. They're looking to be resolved in adulthood relationships. And guess what? They emerge. They emerge so loudly, particularly in our romantic relationship with our spouses. So just as a bit of an example to walk you through this, what this would look like. Well, let's say you grew up in a household and in that household, you had a parent who had really high expectations of you. And they might have had high expectations of you in terms of how you performed academically, that you needed to get straight A's or that you needed to get that certificate in school or that you needed to pass all of your exams with flying colours, that you needed to go to university, graduate in your top tier and you needed to get the best job possible, right? Let's say you grew up in a household where there were really high expectations of you. But then in the flip side of that, even though you might consciously five percent think well they didn't say that I would be hated if I didn't get straight A's and sure they didn't say that maybe they didn't maybe they did but even if they didn't say that as a child in the seven-year-old mind or even younger how you would interpret those high expectations would be that okay well if I don't meet these high expectations then ultimately I'm a disappointment so I either do good or the alternative is that I do bad. There's a, there's no neutral ground there because in a child's mind, they can't figure that out. They can't fathom that because what they're given is the goal, the expectation. And if they don't meet that goal or expectation, then they feel like they've just dropped. And so the wound that's then created is I'm not good enough. I have to work relentlessly to please other people. Other people won't like me unless if I achieve, unless if I am the best at whatever it is. And so we end up starting to create and develop all of these internal beliefs that are based on wounds. And this is all an experience of having those high expectations. So the void, the the negative of that would be, well, I have to meet all of these really high expectations. If I meet these high expectations, then I'm good enough. Therefore, my self-worth is contingent upon me meeting other people's expectations. If I don't meet other people's expectations, I'm definitely not worthy. I won't be liked. I risk rejection. I risk judgment. I risk criticism. I even risk abandonment. I risk people leaving me because guess what? There's somebody else out there who did get straight A's. There's somebody else out there who did succeed in their career. There's somebody else out there who is better looking, who is more attractive, who has the better car, house, whatever it might be. But there's always somebody else out there who has got better than me. And so I'm forever going to be feeling inadequate. And all of these circumstances really tap into that internal wound. And so as much as, uh, you know, something that's often said, especially on social media and in society, is that these external situations can trigger me. I would argue that's actually not quite the case. You already have the wound inside of you and you have that trigger that lives inside of you. The trigger that's inside of you is this idea of I am inadequate. I am not good enough. What the situation shows, the external experience of a situation shows, is that it just simply mirrors and it taps into that wound that already exists. So it's almost like the trigger and the wound are are things that actually live inside of you and they come out 
when the situation knocks on the door and it taps into that wound or taps into that trigger. And so the situation really exacerbates it and it really brings it out. But sometimes the situation can be uh, a bit ambiguous or a bit innocuous or, or it may mean one thing or another. So just to illustrate this point, so do you, you must have come across this or either you personally or you know someone who has, where two different people, they're facing the same exact difficult situation, but they respond very differently. So for example, both people may have been in a relationship with someone who is derogatory or someone who criticizes them or someone who just isn't really respectful of them. And so these two different people will respond differently. You might have one person who says, adios, see you later. And they say it from a clean place. They don't look back. They're absolutely okay. There's no shame or guilt. But then you might have somebody else who gets hooked in and they stay and they're trying really, really hard to be their best and they don't know how else they can be their best. And they're constantly on this hamster wheel trying to prove themselves. And they stay in that situation even though they're getting injured, they still say. And with that, that in itself demonstrates that it's not always about the situation, but it's actually about what's inside of us that gets evoked by the situation. Like I said before, the biggest factor that elicits and brings up all of these wounds are our romantic relationships because that is where we have most vulnerability most exposure that's where we have most commitment to somebody and what happens is that the subconscious mind is always trying to resolve the inner wound that has already existed inside of us so if you've been brought up in a household whereby you had the sense of I'm not good enough or I'm only good enough if I do X, Y, and Z, if I please the other person, if I make my parents happy, if I achieve really, really well, if your good enoughness was based on something else, chances are you're going to end up in a relationship whereby you are constantly trying to resolve that. You're constantly trying to feel good enough with someone who holds really high expectations of you. You're trying to feel good enough with somebody who is essentially making you feel like you can never be good enough. And the reason why that happens, because when I talk about this objectively, some people are like, oh, but that doesn't make sense. Like, I just want to be with somebody who would tell me that I'm good enough. Sure, that would make sense on a logical level. But guess what? That's only the 5% of you. The 95% of you is still wounded. And so the 95% of you doesn't buy it anyway. They wouldn't buy it if somebody flat out said to them, but you are good enough. You're infinitely good enough. You don't have to work for this. They wouldn't buy it because they don't believe it in themselves. And so I don't know whether you've had this experience, but you know, you might enter a relationship or you might start dating somebody and they're super nice. Uh, they might not be super exciting, but they're very, very nice. And they tell you about how good enough you are. They have admiration for you. They have respect for you. And you sat there and you're feeling a little bit bored and you're not entirely sure what's going on here because you can see that they're nice and you don't want to offend them because they're nice. Um, but at the same time, there's a sense of being too nice. And again, this might feel a bit weird, me talking about it on an, on an objective level, but this is what happens subconsciously. And it feels uncomfortable and it almost feels like, oh, there's no, not that spark. There's not that exciting energy going on. 
And that's simply because this person is telling you you're good enough and you don't buy it inside of yourself because that wound still exists inside and that wound says, but that's not true. Whereas actually when you meet somebody who has high expectations, keep in mind that as much as 95% of you is operating subconsciously, so is theirs and it's your subconscious talking to their subconscious and vice versa. So even though you might not notice this on the first, second or third date, uh, you'll start to notice this a bit more as time goes on. But ultimately, your subconscious mind picks up on minor cues that they're subconsciously doing as well. And what these subconscious cues are, hey, I have really high expectations of what I want. I only go for attractive people or I only go for people who are successful or people who are intelligent or people who um, have drive or people who are X, Y and Z. And, you know, they'll have like a long list. And at the start, it might feel a bit exciting. It might feel like there's a lot of sparks going on. And, you know, there's there's a couple of things that's happening here. So let's talk about um, the list, okay? So they've got a list of certain things that they want. So someone who's attractive, someone who's nice, someone who's ambitious, driven, successful, and they're dating you, that gives you a bit of an ego boost. That's really nice, right? Because then it means, hey, they're showing me interest and they have these high expectations. Therefore, I meet these high expectations. But guess what? It also speaks to your subconscious wound that is looking to meet high expectations because it's looking to be good enough. That's one thing. The other part of it is this chemistry that you might have, this kind of exciting spark that you might get with somebody when you first start dating them. And what's actually happening there is this sort of biological process in the brain whereby you have, um, and this has been imprinted from past relationships, by the way, where trauma and love have been uh, coexisting. So what happens is, is that there's a dose of dopamine, there's oxytocin, so there's kind of the dopamine, which is like the addictive hormone, but also filled with excitement. And then there's also oxytocin, which is more the bonding hormone neurotransmitter and then you've also got alongside it corticotrophin releasing steroids which is more to do with uh, the stress hormones that we experience and, and ultimately in simplistic terms what it means is that chemically how our brain actually has become wired based on our history is that we associate love with stress and guess what the body when it responds to stress when it's excited versus threatened i.e frightened the body actually responds in a very similar way there's still adrenaline going on there's still cortisol going on in both directions and so when we actually meet somebody who has really high expectations of us and we get that spark again that's actually a neurological issue that's going on and it is really tied into our subconscious mind because what happens is we experience excitement because we believe that that person holds the key to solving our wound on a subconscious level, but also they remind us of what it is that we've experienced before and chemically we're responding in the same way that we have done before. But we just simply interpret this situation as being exciting because it's new. And we are seeing potential resolution with this person of our old wounds. So where do we go from here what what do we do with all of this the biggest 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 thing that I would say like I said at the start is really understanding yourself really resolving those internal wounds because that is the key 
the moment that you're able to resolve these internal wounds outside of the relationship, it makes things in the relationship so much easier because you can kind of end up in one of two ways. So once you've resolved these internal wounds, when you look at the relationship, you can then look at it with clear vision. And then you can make a decision because you're not no longer operating from a space of being so unconscious about everything that's going on, but you're actually operating from a space of full consciousness, full awakening. And so you can make a full decision about what you would like to do with that relationship, what parts of it you would like to work on, what parts of it you would like to improve versus what parts you potentially feel like, actually, I've outgrown this or actually I'm not entirely sure that this is fruitful for me, that this is nourishing for me, or it, it's helpful for either of us. Or you might notice certain patterns that you don't necessarily want to play into. And so you end up with a myriad of options. You either then shift in yourself and you're then ultimately creating a really healthy dynamic with a partner who potentially has always been nurturing, but they just didn't know how to nurture you in a space when you were unable to receive that nurture, that nourishment. So that's one potential. The other potential is that you work on things together and that you're able to identify difficult dynamics that have occurred between you both. So for example, whether one of you is a bit more avoidant, the other one a bit more anxiously attached or potentially both disorganized, whatever it might be. But you know, you're you're able to work out certain relationship dynamics and actually how do you untangle those and how do you resolve those wounds between you both? Or if it feels like this relationship isn't nurturing for either of you or it's something that you no longer want to take part in because actually you're now seeing it with clear vision and that person has been really harmful for you or for your well-being then you can make a clean break as well and you can make that decision and it would come from a place of no guilt no shame it would come from an absolutely clean place because you know you're ultimately doing what is most empowering I'd absolutely love to get your feedback on this episode. So please contact me. I've got my show notes below. And also just to let you know that I am running a free five-day workshop in February, between February 5th and February 9th at 4pm GMT, 8am PST. And it is called Rewire Your Relationship. It is called Rewire Your Brain, Rewire Your Relationship. If you're interested, the link is in the show notes below.